Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. And it is another day where you're expecting another voice and... Today is the day of our Refresh Conference, and so I am sitting in for Pastor Jeff Figgs for today, uh, because in a couple hours, Refresh starts, Passion Worship's in the house, Uh, they've got all their gear set up, they've tested and tuned and got everything in order. Um, I'm going to be kicking off the conference tonight in a Bible study on the topic of grace and the joy of being used by the Lord and the calling of God upon a man and a woman's life. And it is not too late to come and not too late to sign up. I think you can register probably for the next hour, and then you have to walk in, and they'll take care of you here. And Refresh is our ministry conference. It's open to anyone. Passion Worship from Atlanta, Georgia is here. Uh, They arrived safely, so thanks for your prayers on that. And they got all the gear loaded in today, and they are going to be the tools that God uses to lead us in worship, and they're going to have a, an extended time of worship, just taking us into the presence of God and being encouraged in the things of the Lord. And it'll be all here at Calvary Church tonight. In just a couple hours, we start. Doors open about 5 o'clock, and you're more than welcome. We're right here on Hampton, just one block east of Tower Road, right next to the Safeway. Right next to the uh, auto parts, what is it? O'Reilly's. O'Reilly's Auto Parts is on the corner, and then we're right across the street uh, from another church and across Hampton and 7-Eleven's over there. So come on out. Uh, information's available at calvaryaurora.org slash refresh. And this is our 10th year, uh, and Grace FM will be here with free gear. We've got some food trucks tonight, so if you're listening and you're wondering, I don't know, I'm pressing, what am I supposed to do with food? We got, I saw a food truck show up already for uh, street tacos. I know we've got one scheduled for, I think, Italian food, and I think we've got another one scheduled for um, the Hawaiian barbecue that we've used their, their catering for a lot of our events here. The food is outrageous, out of this world, good, and uh, that'll be here tonight. Uh, Uh, We have Sonder Coffee here. They're running our cafe, the brand new uh, third wave coffee house that we just built in our building here called Resurrection Coffee. So our friends at Sonder, which is where we get all our gear from and all of our uh, coffee from, they're going to be running it. So Ernest and Julia and their team will be here uh, to um, introduce you to their their coffee and to their... um, to their love of seeing relationships build. And Refresh is open to anyone, believer, unbeliever. Uh, we got a testimony last night, if you remember. <clears throat> we had a testimony on Grace FM yesterday uh, that um, we had a sister share, Charlotte. She called and said, hey, I was saved at Refresh. 
So bring a friend. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Text me. 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897 uh, is the number. And uh, we're taking your calls and your questions. Uh, we're asking you to join us. Just jump right in and enjoy um, a time of worship and encouragement. And then on the show here, um, if you've always, if you've ever wanted to be in on the show, and and you weren't able to get on the air, we have an open line. Call early in the show. That's the way. It doesn't matter who's hosting. Pastor Nick, Pastor Jeff. If Pastor Cody's here or Pastor Louis here, Pastor Jason's here filling in, one of the guys here from the team at Calvary, call early because the lines are almost always open early. Hey, Pastor Ed, looking, uh, my husband and I are on our way to the Refresh Conference from Fort Collins. We're looking forward to it. See you soon. Come on down. It's going to be great. Uh, we, have ta- we, we actually took a couple years off. Uh, last year we didn't do one at all. The previous year, our friends at Rocky Mountain Calvary hosted it, and what a phenomenal job they did! It was a glorious time down in Colorado Springs, and uh, what a blessing Pastor Eric and his team was. So it's been a couple years since we've hosted it here, and we've recently remodeled our downstairs. We're almost done with it. It's about ninety percent done, but there's a lot more room downstairs. Uh, we've changed the whole layout. Um, you know, we've brought our downstairs up to date, including uh, changing all of our equipment in the cafe, renaming it, rebranding it, changed our bookstore, going back to a basic, simple model where we have books down there, um, but not not like it used to be. We re- we repurposed the whole downstairs. You're going to love it, uh, and we want you. We we are privileged to host you, and we've been working and praying feverishly to serve you. And uh, we're talking with the folks with, at Passion. Their heart is to lead us in worship. And I'm excited. And you guys know, um, you guys are familiar with Passion, even if you don't know their name um, as such. Uh, and I know you're familiar with the music, not only of Passion, but of Christian Stanfield and his worship team. Um, and uh, there is a, you won't be able to get in without paying the registration. There is a registration. It, um, it helps to defray the cost, but nothing close <laughs> to the cost. But that's okay. We did that on purpose. So there is registration, uh, and you need to register. It's not something you can come to for free. Uh, you need to pay uh, in order to get in. So just so you know, if you're like, well, I want to come, and, and they won't let me in at the door, it, it is a conference where you need to register. 303-690-3000. We're going to go right to Baltimore, Maryland. Trina's calling. Trina, welcome to the program. Yes, hi, Pastor Ed. I'm, hi. I listen. I listen to you every night at oh, nine thirty, and I appreciate I appreciate your sermons. Thank you very much. You're and, welcome. Um, I have a prayer request and a question. Okay. Um, my prayer request is that um, I recently lost my husband and my father. Oh, I'm sorry. And and I'm just so overwhelmed. There's so much. I'm so stressed, and it's taking a toll on my health. And yeah. I, I, my daughter lives in another country. I hardly hear from her or see her. She's my prodigal. Mm. And so I am just so completely overwhelmed, and I know it's a sin to worry, but I, I incessantly worry, and I can't seem to stop. And I know the scriptures. I I know them. It's just that I'm trying to take them to heart and trying to live by them. How can I overcome this? How can I, you know, I just need prayer to overcome this, uh, you know, 
this worry. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because you ask a good question. How can I overcome and what are some steps that will be helpful in me uh, in my life to, to bring me out of a real deep discouragement, perhaps even depression, having yes, to deal with the, the weight right. of all these circumstances. And, and loneliness. <clears throat> yeah. You know, yeah, I think that we, we often minimize the power of faith and the direct connection that we have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, by faith. And the battlefield that you're going through is really manifesting itself in your feelings, but in reality, it's af- the mm-hmm. enemy's after your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where the real spiritual warfare is, is in our mind. What will we believe about our situation? What will we believe about the God in our about God in our lives? What will we believe about uh, ourselves, God, and the situation? And you know, the Bible tells us that as we abide in Christ, as we rest in Christ, He gives us the needed ability to walk in victory day by day. And may, and sometimes we we place a con, we place a condition on our circumstance that says, well, when I feel this way, then I'll be okay. But Mm -hmm. many times you can be both okay in the Lord and feel bad at the same time. Mm -hmm. Feeling bad isn't always wrong. Um, It's actually a real emotion. Uh, And, you know, the sadness that you feel in your grief, grief is very real and very painful and very destructive at times if we're not grieving in the Lord. Remember, the Bible speaks about grief um, for the believer as different from grief from the unbeliever because the unbeliever grieves without hope. Oh, right. But you and I, we, we have the privilege of grieving with hope and, and we have hope that we'll be reunited with our loved one. We have, hope that, um, we have hope that this world is not all there is and that the promises of God will be fulfilled. We, we grieve in hope, we don't, we, we, but we still grieve. And we still go mm-hmm. through those emotions. And, mm-hmm. and so I would suggest that you pay more attention. And I know, like, this isn't going to be like, you start doing this, you're going to feel good automatically. You're, gonna, right. you're putting yourself on a track, on a, on a journey, putting yourself back on a journey that will help you get to the destination that you're looking for. And, and one of the things, and I mentioned this yesterday, one of the things that we need to remember is that as I draw near to God, God draws near to me automatically. Mm-hmm. As I re- respond to God's presence in my life, as I draw near to him, my relationship gets tighter with him. And, and I, don't wanna, I don't want my grief to make it so bad that I sever my relationship with God, like I pull away from him or I run away. And, mm-hmm. and so four things that are very helpful in times like this is number one, that we stay connected to God by reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And just reading it, not studying it necessarily, not trying to find some verse that will encourage me, but just opening it up and reading it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, prayer is going to help me. When I talk to God, my mind is on God and not my circumstances, not my situation. And, and, and when I pray to God, it's not that my circumstance is good, it's that God is good. And he's mm-hmm. faithful and he's going to help me through these painful times. And then I'm going to be obedient, thirdly, to be in fellowship with other believers. I'm mm-hmm. going to talk to other believers. I'm going to hang out with other believers. I'm going to go to church with other—I'm be- going to worship with other believers. 
And then the final thing that's going to help us during this time is that I'm going to take of the elements of communion regularly. I'm going mm -hmm. to enjoy my relationship with Jesus, remembering what he's done for me. And here's the problem. The problem is, is that we think all these activities will solve our problems. And that's not true. All these activities will draw us closer to the presence of God. And he will invade our lives. He will well, consume our thoughts. I prayed. I, I said, Lord, I know you're refining me in your fire of <clears> silver, but, but right now, Lord, I'm a melted mess. Could you hold back for a little bit? Because I just don't, I can't take anymore. <laughs> well, and you know, you know, not everything you're experiencing actually came from God. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, like, unfortunately, the death of your husband is a result of sin. Not necessarily his specific sin, but remember the wages of sin is death. We're all going to die. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of yeah. feeling the pain of the difficulty of your loss for your life. You know, it, it, any, any loss in our lives is sudden and unexpected, but not in God's eyes. He knows exactly when and how. He knows, right. and He loves you. Right. And I think it's good to express yourself with raw emotion and be honest with God because He hears you, and He loves you, and He cares for you. And if you email me, I'll send you a couple of links of a couple of books that help me a lot in my discouragement. And we're just spiritual tools that God used to plant seeds of hope in my heart. Okay. What, what is the email address? My email is ed, that's E-D, at edtaylor.org. And it has to be dot O-R-G. Okay. All right. That's easy. And just remind <laughs> me of this conversation, and I'll respond to your email with a couple links where you can okay. download, you can buy these books from Kindle, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. Here, let me pray for you out in Maryland, okay? okay? Thank Father, you. I pray for my sister as she has one trial and trouble after another uh, and is hurting and is sorrowful and is grieving. I know your Bible says that, and you, you've revealed this, to, you know, you revealed yourself this way that you're the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation so that we can comfort others who are also in tribulation and trial. And so we just receive and ask for your comfort in Trina's life, that you would help her get through this trying time and reveal yourself in a way that is honorable and is a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're I welcome. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, we're gonna got an open line. Grab it while you can. Jennifer's in Greeley, Colorado. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Um, I was calling for prayer uh, for submission. Um, I called about. I think it's been over a month ago. Um, something happened at work, um, and it really knocked me off my feet um, because I have a hard time with authority and submitting to authority, and um, I been going through a lot right now and god has used that um, moment to open my eyes um to see that um that this stubbornness um has come between us and he's kind of doing a lot of stuff right now in my life and it's hurt and um it's painful but i i know that there's something on the other side yeah um so it uh, not being able to submit, um, like in the relationships in my life, like with my husband or authority at work, it's really um, holding me back 
from what God wants is what I'm seeing in my life and holding me back to having like a beautiful relationship with him. And I just need prayer to continue to go forward in this um, journey and just for God to continue to reveal to me that these works are from him and um, just, I'm, I just give my whole life to him and I just want everything he, he has. So I need prayer just to stay strong and the eyes to see and a soft heart to receive. So I don't keep going back to the way that I was. Okay. Let's do that. Father, I pray for my sister, Jennifer, as she is brought to this new place of uh, maturity, uh, as she sees in her life a need to submit uh, that that willingness to come under another person's authority. And I pray you would enable her, God, and reveal to her the, the very nature of your presence in her life and that her decisions would flow having been prompted by your Holy Spirit and that she would find more submission in her life, not less, that would honor you, bless you, and ultimately bless her. And so I pray, God, that you would bring about more submission in Jennifer's life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hey, great prayer requests. I, that would be awesome if more people ha- saw that a need in your life and prayed for it. That's a good prayer request. Thank you. All right, call back in a Have- couple months and tell us how it goes. All right, thanks. All right, bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000, our friend Bianca in Aurora, Colorado. Bianca, welcome to the program. Hey, I have a praise report regarding my financial situation these past few months. I had my birthday party last Saturday and that is more what this praise report is about because I was just going through some issues and I was praying about things and asking the Lord what I should do because before I even planned my birthday party, I have been experiencing some opposition from the restaurant and then I got it fixed before the party maybe about a month ago or so and I just want to praise the Lord for all the people he used and Everyone who went to my birthday party because he really used those people to bless me in such amazing ways. And I just really wanted to express my praise to the Lord for that. Well, fantastic, Bianca. Thank you for sharing that. I heard about your birthday party, and and what an encouraging thing to have so many people that love you. Yes, well, thanks so much. See you this weekend. Okay, we'll see you this weekend. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000. 
and every single line that we have available for the show is open. So if you want to get on the air, this would be a great time to call. 303-690-3000. I'll go back over to the text line, which is a different number. Uh, that The number for the text line is 720-336-0897. Uh, Pastor Ed, I know our spirit goes into the presence of God when we die. Is that what heaven is? And of the many different definitions of heaven, one of them is certainly spending eternity in the presence of God. So that even if we don't understand the proximity of heaven, we will understand the proximity of us. And everything in our lives will revolve around Jesus Christ, even as it should now, but doesn't quite. So yes, we are going into the presence of God, and that is one of, you know, being in the presence of God is one of the many definitions that we have for heaven. And that's a great question. Thanks for texting it. Uh, just need prayer for the last two years of my life. I feel like I've lost purpose. Now my husband needs a heart valve replacement. We're seniors and having much difficulty with all this modern stuff, like how to use cell phones. I have just listened to what you have told the new widow on the radio. Thanks. So, Father, I pray for this family as and, and for Chris in particular, who's looking for purpose in her life. It needs some purpose. And I just thank you that you would pour out your spirit on them. And I thank you, God, that you would um, have a powerful work in their lives and that you would restore purpose. Uh, I think of many places in the scriptures where purpose is given to us. And our purpose to worship you, our purpose to abide in you, our purpose to love you and love our neighbor. And so reveal for Chris exactly how this purpose would be lived out in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Uh, we're going to go over to Greeley, Colorado, and we have a prayer request. Welcome from Greeley, Colorado, line one. I'm going to click it. Here we go. You're on the air. Hello. Hi, yes. you're on the air. Yes, I'm just needing prayer for my family, my okay. grandchildren, my yeah. great-grandchildren, everybody. Um, We've just recently did a big change over with different pastors, you know? Yes. Um, we were with our pastors for over 30-some years, and uh, fallout happened, and mm. it's just you know, it's just getting really hard to to deal with it. All right, let's pray. Uh, Father, okay. you know the value that you've placed upon pastoral leadership in a family's life and and what a blessing it is to be together for so many years. And now with these changes, God, the enemy loves to fish in troubled waters. And I pray you bring clarity for the new direction of the church, the new direction with the new leadership, and that this precious saint and their family would have a peace that passes all understanding of what you're allowing and doing in their lives. And that even now, Lord, as, as important as pastors are in our lives, they can never take your place. And it's in these times where we're able then to get our eyes firmly focused on you and to go back to a simple faith. When we were first born again, 
Uh, it wasn't even a pastor that mattered to us. It was our relationship with you. And perhaps for my sister and her family, you're doing that work of rearranging and reorienting. Uh, even as I was reading today in Revelation, how you're the beginning and the end. Um, you are the crown, you know, you are the, the key, um, the important one that reveals himself to us to be at the center stage of our lives. So I pray for this family, God, strengthen and lead them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I know these changes are hard. Um, I've been in this church for 20 years, and and some people have been with me that long. Uh, but, but one day I'm not going to be the pastor of this church. You know, every pastor is a temporary pastor. Um, sometimes that's because of a loss of a life. Sometimes that's because of age. Sometimes the church... Uh, is going to go in a new direction as the pastor's handed off. And so uh, without any details, and no, you don't need to share those details with me, but I want you to know that the, the fact that there's a new pastor is something that God could really use in your life. And he could really, he could really use a seasoned saint like you and a seasoned family um, to support. Um, you know, of course, I'm, I, again, I don't, want, I don't want you to give away everything about the changes, but like if it's a good change, even though it's a hard change, um, it, it's, it's okay. It's okay for your church to have a new pastor. Okay. And, and even if it's a bad situation and a pastor had to step down or sin was involved, that's a very painful thing. But even yeah. God will get the final word in that. And, yeah, and, and we need to pray for that pastor and his family. We need to pray for the... But, but even that... You know, even the mistake that, that that man might have made, and again, maybe it's for someone else, but even if a, that sinful mistake that a man made later in no way takes away from the truths that came from his mouth all those years. And, you know, it reminds us to pray for our pastors because they're, they're just as or even more so susceptible to spiritual warfare than we are. And I'm sorry you're, you're going through pain, but... You know what? The Lord's going to heal you, and you're going to be a vital part of this church community again. Watch. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. You know, that's a big thing going on in the Calvary Chapel family. Um, and, I, you know, I'm more familiar with our family uh, than I am other church uh, denominations or church groups. And, you know, in our family of churches, we were discipled to go to a community and plant the church and die in that community, like never leave. Uh, in, in some respects, we were even discipled to die in the pulpit. Uh, and, and there's many reasons why uh, I am not of that persuasion anymore, both biblical reasons of how God used the Levites, but also very practical reasons uh, to train up the next generation and to train up our replacement and to hand off the baton so that uh, a fresh work can happen. And I don't think I'll, I, I mean, I know I will never stop pastoring. I will never stop serving. But I do know that my role as a senior pastor is not, or a lead pastor is not going to last forever. And, and I want to hand this church over to someone. I'm not looking like today, but I'm going, I, I, I'm not going to hold on so tightly in my ministry where, and, and I also want to finish well. So I don't want to disqualify myself for sure. But I just know any, you know, the, some denominations, you know, a pastor's there for a couple years and moves on, and you don't know much about this, but the longevity of pastor's very good, and it's very healthy for a church. The problem is, is that when the pastor 
moves on, and especially if it's for because of sin, it's just painful. So if you're a pastor or a leader listening, please abide in Christ and don't disqualify yourself. It wrecks people's lives. I know the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, but a lot of people still get hurt. And let's find ourselves drawing our resources from the Lord and abiding in Him. So here we are. We're almost up at the beginning, uh, the first break and the only break of our show. Uh, and uh, we're going to take that break. going to be a quick breather, and we'll be right back. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM, Truth FM, LPFMs around the country, and of course, our home, Grace FM. Uh, this is Calvary Live with Ed Taylor. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of today's program. I know that you are normally used to a, um, a familiar voice, Pastor Jeff Figs, who hosts on Fridays, but today is a special day here around uh, Calvary Church with uh, uh, the Refresh Conference happening in just a couple hours, and or an hour and a half, really. And we are, uh, I'm sitting in for him while he drives down and uh, comes down to the conference. I also want to invite you. Uh, it's not too late. You can register. You can come. Passion Worship is here. They're ready uh, to lead us in worship. And, and the emphasis of, we're going to have, uh, I'm going to kick it off in the Word tonight, but we're going to have a real extended time of worship. We got some giveaways. We got free gifts. And it is a ticketed event. So you do need to register. It is not free. Uh, it is a conference that is designed to encourage you. You're investing in yourself. Uh, and the fee for the conference doesn't really co cover the cost, which is perfectly okay, but we want you to invest in yourself. So there's a fee. It's 45 bucks, and uh, you get everything in the conference. We've got meal. Uh, we've got some food available. There's some food trucks on the property today. Uh, we've got some street tacos. We have some, I believe, Italian food, and we're supposed to have the Hawaiian barbecue folks come out. Uh, and I know already one truck showed up on the property. We also have Sonder Coffee running our new coffee house uh, called Resurrection Coffee. And uh, we use all the Sonder products, uh, Ernest and Julia, that they, uh, they not only, uh, not only do we use their, you know, Ernest Rose's own beans now, not only do we use Sonder products, but they've helped us train, helped us equip it. Uh, and if you've never been to their coffee shop, Sonder up in, uh, up in Aurora, you got to go. Just look it up, S-O-N-D-E-R, S-O-N-D-E-R. And uh, you, it, the, the coffee is amazing. I got a bag on my desk as a gift uh, and as one of the teachers. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you bet. And uh, so it's up in Iliff and Parker. And uh, it's S-O-N-D-E-R. Before I get back to the phone line, we've got an open line. We have actually two open lines, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Here's a question that came through text. Have you any knowledge of a book called Conversations with God and Uncommon Dialogue? I've never heard of that book. And then the next part of your text, it's confusing to me. Don't read it. Just set it down and go back to reading the Bible or get a devotional book that you can trust because devotional books aren't designed to confuse us. They're designed to clarify for us the glory and stature and love 
of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sorry, I've never heard of that book. Uh, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Let's see. Hi, Pastor. I was curious if anything is inherently against Scripture to glean from the lady who is on at 1030 uh, from Costa Mesa. Uh, Cheryl Broderson uh, is a phenomenal Bible teacher, uh, and I believe that uh, you will truly enjoy her uh, teaching. There is nothing inherently against Scripture to glean from that lady. Her name is Cheryl Broderson. She is a pastor's wife, and you're actually listening to her teachings as she teaches women. Um, but she's a very gifted uh, communicator, and uh, I, I think you'll be blessed by her perspective. Uh, and for those of you that didn't know, Cheryl Broderson is the uh, daughter of Pastor Chuck Smith and was raised in ministry. Actually, yesterday was the six-year mark of Pastor Chuck entering into the presence of the Lord, and Cheryl wrote a very touching piece on calvarychapel.com about her dad, and nothing better than a firsthand account of a daughter that grew up with her daddy, and it was very beautiful. And so, no, there is nothing inherently against Scripture to glean from Cheryl Broderson. She's not teaching as a pastor. She's teaching as a pastor's wife, teaching women. And think about this for a second. Um, uh, women have taught men uh, from the beginning of time, especially as a mom. And, you know, my wife has, was a phenomenal teacher to both my boys, um, still is to my son, uh, speaking wisdom into his life. But she doesn't take the role of an elder in our church. She doesn't take the role of a pastor in our church. But she certainly is a gifted teacher. And, and the women in our church are gifted teachers. Um, and I do believe the Bible reserves the eldership and the pastoral leadership to women, excuse me, <laughs> to men. Uh, and don't cut that out and say I said something I didn't. I, I made a mistake. Uh, eldership and pastoral leadership, I believe, is reserved for men in the scriptures. Um, but women are phenomenal teachers. And, and, they're, and, and like anyone teaching, male or female, we are to be Bereans and compare it with Scripture, but you should uh, tune in. Uh, Cheryl Broderson is great, and she's very conversational and very real and transparent in her teaching, and uh, I actually enjoy her. We used to have her on a little bit earlier, uh, but somebody purchased that spot, so uh, we moved her down. So check her out, Cheryl Broderson, the wife of Brian Broderson. 303-690-3000. Jessica in Aurora, Colorado, welcome to the program. Hey, Jessica, um, you're on the air. Yes, I was calling because I wanted to get some guidance on how to um, approach my... I have two teenage boys, 15 uh -huh. and 13. One of them just started high school, and he wants to go to homecoming, and that's on you to me. I've never been to one, so I really um, want to just raise my kids in a godly way. Yes. and. I don't know how to do it with, you know, they're in a public school and they're so accepting of, you know, the LGBTQ community and I'm against that. And, you know, I just want to continue to raise them in a godly way. And I just don't know how to answer and not be too strict. And, um, you know, is it okay for them to go to experience that and let the Holy Spirit, you know, um, convict them or how to pretty much go about it? Well, I have to admit, you know, and want to affirm to you that uh, it is a challenge. It's um, parenting is becoming more and more challenging in our culture, 
as the culture is changing around us. And, and so what you're feeling and what you're experiencing is real. So, you're, you know, it's not like just you. Um, other parents are facing the same challenges. And it's not just with the LGBTQ community. It's, it's all kinds of things. It's the rampant uh, pro- proliferation of pornography, um, marijuana being legal, uh, the whole vaping community, uh, the new music scene, uh, on and on. You know, it's it's many of the same pressures that you and I faced growing up, but worse. It's worse. Um, and I don't know about you, but I remember growing up and and my parents telling me, you know, it's 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 different. Um, you know, it's different than when we were growing up. And I was like, ah, whatever. You know, but but it's true. Every generation seems to get progressively more difficult with new challenges, with technology and all of the things that you're facing. And so I, I have a few thoughts. You know, number one, don't be intimidated by culture. Because uh, it's easy to be intimidated because I hear it in your voice. Well, I don't know exactly what to say. And I don't think any of us know exactly what to say. But we will say what we know to be true. Uh, for example, the LGBT community. Um, there's a couple things we need to remember about this this new rise of the of of questioning sexuality and and even you know sinful relationships, homosexuality, that kind of stuff. And that is that God loves them, and we never want to forget that. That we want to approach people in a position of love, and God loves those that are caught up in that that lifestyle and the, those thoughts so much that he sent his only begotten son for them. And they're caught up in a behavior that is not given to him by God, but then so are a lot of people. Um, you know, there are thieves at school. There are drunkards at school. There are um, teachers that are struggling. There are political activists. There, you know, there, there are a lot of people that would not share the same values that we share in our relationship with Jesus Christ, but God loves them nonetheless. Secondly, I want to tell I want to remind my kids that God he's the one that created us and therefore he's the one that defines how we're to live our lives. And you know, I would probably use an example like uh you know, they're in high school so they probably your kids have their own room. Yeah. And and you give them some authority over their room. Like you they yeah. they can do whatever they want, like they can put a poster up, they can make their own bed, like they it's their room, right? Yeah. And so to I mean, some degree, you know, you give them some autonomy and because it's their room, they pretty much can do what they want there. I mean, obviously not sin, but you they it's their room. And so they define how, you know, you might even no- have to knock before you go in. Now as mom, you don't need to, but you respect them and you knock before you go in. Why? Because it's their room. Well, God is even bigger than that. And we are we belong to God whether we worship him or not. He created us and he taught us about sexuality. And, and believe me, it might be an uncomfortable conversation for you, but they're probably already talking about it. And, and so we need to infuse the truth that homosexuality, the lesbianism, all of the different letters is something that God has taught us that he's taught us. He, it actually is something that is, I guess the best way to say, is not according to the way God has taught us. God created us male and female. It, it's abundantly clear. He not only created us male and female, and you can tell that from our chromosomes and from our DNA, but he also created us so differently that you could tell from our bodies. And that even as people wrestle, you know, I kind of think I'm a woman and I feel like I want to change myself. Even if they were to go through surgery, 
their DNA would not be changed ever. And, mm-hmm. and so it just depends on the conversation, but I'm not, the, I guess the point would be, I'm not going to be overwhelmingly antagonistic to people that are confused and really wrestling with their identity, but I'm also not going to be intimidated by it either. Because um, when I was in high school, I was so messed up. I wasn't, a, I wasn't caught up in the LGBT community, but I was caught up in a lot of bad things. So much so that I got a girl pregnant at 15. And that was a big sin. That was wrong. That was my life. I was, I was all into that scene. I was a partier and a drunkard and a drug user. And, and I hurt a young girl. Like my girlfriend, I mean, it was, uh, it was something that we chose to do together. But it was, I'm the one that was supposed to be leading her and taking care of her. And, and I didn't. And, and things didn't get even better. I ended up marrying that girl, uh, and we ended up moving in, and she, it, it, was, it was bad. But the reality is I was also surrounded with people that loved me and loved us and shared the love of Jesus with us, and we ended up being born again. And I, I think that teaching our kids to build bridges, the idea of building a bridge with the gospel is not necessarily to go to their side, except to go to their side to bring them back with us. And we get so offended and so pushed back. You know, maybe one day your kid comes on, well, I think LGBTQ is okay. Well, what do you mean by okay? Well, you know, Mom, they, um, they seem like nice people. They probably are. They seem like they're genuine people. They probably are. And with you, I'd agree. It's okay. They're nice, genuine people. But what's not okay is that they've chosen a position against God. And you know, you just don't overreact. That's probably the best thing you can do is don't overreact and and keep the lines of communication open with your kids. And, you know, when something like prom, so let's say something like prom. Prom is not like, it, it's a dance and, you know, it's some good things. A lot of kids go to proms and don't do anything wrong. And there's always some kids that go to prom and do a lot of things wrong. And our goal is to teach our kids how to operate in the world and make right choices. And one of the ways that prom is is one of the ways as a parent that that I would look at prom is that prom is a privilege and privileges are earned by trust. And I want to see, I want to see behavior in my kids. Um, Excuse me. I want to see behavior in my kids that build trust because the more trust I have, the more privileges they'll enjoy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And um, or homecoming. Sorry, you said, I, I thought you heard, I, I just got a correction that it was homecoming, but homecoming, prom, whatever it might be, <laughs> you know, like, privilege is tied to trust. And the more trust we have, the more privileges my kids can enjoy. And that was the route that I chose for my kid. And let me just recommend to you, focus on the family, um, the ministry down in Colorado Springs. Um, this is part of why they exist to help parents in these areas. And so I would just go to their website. I think it's family.org and see what kind of resources they might recommend. Cause I, I know as a parent, I, I read a lot cause I had a lot to learn. Yeah. But I can say too, that it's possible to raise your kids in a very um, hostile environment because um, all three of our kids made it into adulthood, loving Jesus. They, they didn't li- they didn't live perfect lives and they didn't make every decision perfectly, but they abide, they abided in Christ and learned from their mistakes, and they're still learning from their mistakes. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I want to continue to raise them in a godly way. It's just, you know, hard even with the music that they listen to. I just heard a, um, your Wednesday service where you talked yeah. about worship and how the devil can use music as well yes. as just God. So to me, you know, I don't see any good from good coming out of them going to a homecoming because all they're going to do is dance there and listen to ungodly music. So, you know... I, I'm just like against it, you know. It's just how do I get that across without being them thinking, oh well, she's so strict, and you know. Well, you know, it's okay to be strict. So you know, as you develop your convictions, of course, your kids aren't going to like it. But I think before you say no, maybe you you make them prove their point. You know, make them make them uh, convince you that they'll be able to be in that environment without compromise. Because you know, part so think of it this way: part of part of being in the world is we hear that music. You know, there's a car that could be next to us at the red light. Um, there's music being played at King Supers and Safeway. It's all around us, so it's not like we can hold them back from it, but we can teach them to make wise choices. And so, is it possible for a Christian kid to go to a homecoming and not compromise? What do you think? Yeah. I, I think it's yes, too. Now, I don't know your kids and where you are parenting with them, and, and I'm in no way trying to talk you out of your conviction. I'm simply laying out before you that we can train our kids to be effective ministers of the gospel. Now, if your kids don't want anything to do with the Lord and they don't have any compelling, then be strict until they leave your house. <laughs> I mean, really, like, if they have no relationship with the Lord, then yeah, that they would find themselves in a very compromising position. But if they if they demonstrate a love for Jesus, they demonstrate a desire to grow, and they want to spread their wings a little bit, um, then then of course you're in a position to make that choice. But again, it's privilege and trust. It's fruit from their life. It is demonstration of their ability to abide in Christ, to make wise decisions, to keep lines of communication open. Um, it's relationship. It's all about relationship. It's not rules. It's relationship. They should know before they come to you whether they're strong enough to go. You know, the goal of you with your kids is getting them to the place where we, are you able to go? Why, why are you asking me? You already know if you are strong enough to go. And, and I know you're not there yet, but you're on your way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, strictness is not bad. Uh, but rules without relationship lead to great frustration, and your kids just won't get it. You'll just you'll if if the relationship isn't there, and it's just I just run my house by rules, then rules without relationship leads to great frustration and 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 breaks relationships. They need to understand why. They need to understand your responsibility as a mom. Um, are you a single mom? Yeah. Well, okay. we have 50-50 custody. <clears throat> okay. And so that yeah. makes it even more challenging because of the responsibility that you carry um, for your heart for them and your desire to disciple them. But it's not impossible. Yeah, so if, um, if you can please pray, um, I'd appreciate prayer for them. Uh, just, you know, to continue to, uh, God gives me the guidance to um, lead them in, in His ways. And, you know, they do... I do feel like um, I've spread that seed, and they do go to church. Every now and then they'll complain, but, you know, I do see interest and, you know, all that that you just said. I think I'll definitely consider all that and um, 
and you know have a stronger relationship with them because i i do know they think like oh mom's a stricter one and that's more yeah. the lenient and you know even when it comes down to food so yeah i could be you know, strict, and I don't want them to see me that way. So, you well, know. And, and that's the temptation that now you're going to face to compromise because I'm glad that there's a, I, I wish there wasn't. I wish they would both say, I wish they would say of both their parents, man, they really want us to grow in grace. They really want us to be godly kids. They really want us to worship God. But right now, the only way that they can, they can express it or the way they choose to express it is, oh, she's more strict. I like dad better. And that can cut to the heart. You know that can hurt your feelings, um, because you're you you know you love them, uh, and you know they love you. But they're they're like any of us at that age. They want their own way. We want, and even as adults, we want our own way, and we will go to any length to get it if we're not surrendered to Jesus. And they're just young and developing. They they will do whatever it takes to get their own way, and. And you may at times appear to be more strict, and there's nothing wrong with that in relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. And and Kevin got me the exact quote. Um, it says, uh, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. And right. I really like that. Uh, yeah, I'm right. That's true. Very true. And so, Father, I pray for my sister and and many other parents listening in that uh, are definitely faced with new challenges with the culture that we live in, and 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 even with being um, in a in a uh, home where there's separation, there's divorce, and there's shared custody. It's it makes things even more complicated. So I pray that you would give my sister wisdom, help her to build those needed bridges and relationships with their kids, that they trust their mom, and that they would choose the wisdom of their mom, even over and above their own selfish desires. And uh, Lord, we look forward to hearing um, a testimony of your faithfulness in her life and many other parents listening in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Georgie in Pennsylvania. Georgie, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. I'm just asking for prayer. My husband and I, um, we have a grown son, and he has a wife, our daughter-in-law, and we have a two-year-old grandson, and they are involved in the Presbyterian USA Church, which accepts the LGBTQ, and um, they accept it, too. And this is not how we raised our son, and um, we're very disturbed by it. Um, We had one conversation with them, and we were pretty much criticized as being discriminatory. So we've kept silent about it, but we have prayed, but we want to see them come out of this church um, because we think, you know, that they've fallen by the wayside. Mm. So um, would you, I don't, I don't want to mention their names, but okay, the Lord okay. knows let's, who they are. Let's pray. But if you could just pray for them. We've been praying and praying, and we do want to have a conversation with them, but we're just not too sure how to go about it. Okay. Because, like, I was listening to what you were saying to the lady that called before me, and it made a lot of sense. Oh, we don't want to offend our grown children, but at the same time, we want them to know that we care sure. and what we believe in. You, you know, don't. we don't we don't believe in this LGBTQ stuff. Sure. And 
and we want them to know where we stand. And we also are praying over our grandson's mind because mm-hmm. he's only two. Right. And and we we want to make sure you know you know we want to be good grandparents. Sure. And like any grandparent, and we want to make sure that our grandson knows the truth. Father, I just pray for my sister and her family. You know, in these challenging family situations. Uh, there's enough pain, but the family pain is very acute and very specific. And so, first of all, I pay for that hurting heart for her and her husband. And and I also pray for their kids that they would um, value God, the values that you ordain in your scriptures, not a denomination, not a set of theology, but the true heart that you have for those that are choosing sin, that your heart for us is that we repent and that we that you warn us about sin, um, not just because it's bad, but because it's destructive. It destroys relationships, and it hardens hearts, and it causes sinful, sin unrepentant causes us to create a God, little g, in our own image. And whether it's LGBTQ, whether it's stealing, whether it is adultery, um, lying, gossip, gluttony, whatever it might be, Lord, we create a, theo- a brand new theology of a God with a little g to excuse our behavior. And God, you don't want us to excuse our behavior. You want us to change. And so I pray for that in this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. All righty. Bye-bye. Have a good evening. All right. Let's move over to Mike in Eaton, Colorado. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Ed. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I was just wondering real quick, did they give you that verse on John 14? He did. Okay, I was just wondering what, I know because a lot of the churches, I guess, out there, how they're doing the whole healing thing, like you just got to believe, got to pray, and you'll be healed and stuff. Yes. How does, so how... Are they going off this verse or sometimes? How do you got how do you interpret this verse? Yeah, it's a great question. So let me read it for everyone. In John 14, 12, uh, it says, uh, let me look it up here. Make sure I get it right here. Jesus is speaking. And he says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do and the Father will be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And what a tremendous promise that's given here that those that follow Jesus will walk in his footsteps and do even greater things than and be involved in greater. It says greater, and the word works is in italics because the translators put it there for us for context, but it's actually not there. Anytime you see italics in the New King James that's a word that was inserted for clarity, but it's not there in the original language, and and so the the works that you the works that he does, he, you know, will do also. And so, just like the Bible says, uh, there will be um, what Jesus did. He loved. He cared. He served. He even healed. Uh, he was used by the Father, inspired, you know, empowered by the Holy Spirit to heal. Um, but. You know, if you look at the life of Jesus and you study it carefully in the Gospels, at least what's recorded for us, that what Jesus did the most, you know what Jesus did the most? Uh, he taught. Loved? He was uh, a teacher. Yeah. 
Uh, he was a, a teacher that, and so we're going to find that that we'll be walking in teaching. Um, you know, the the great promise here has a lot of controversy around it and confusion. Some say, oh, there's going to be tremendous signs and wonders. Some say um, it was just for the apostles after and no one else. Some say that this is yours only if you have the right kind of faith. But I think that we need to make sure that we understand the context. You know, it, the context is verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. This isn't necessarily in the physical realm. Jesus is teaching them in the spiritual realm. They're kind of concerned they're not going to see him anymore. And so in the context of the spiritual realm, where he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you've, seen, if you've known me, you've known the Father. It's all spiritual. And then, and, and then he says, you're going to do these great works. And, and I believe the greater works that we're walking in would be that of salvation, that we today see more physical salvations than Jesus did. And we get to do it around the world. Jesus was limited to confined to one area in his physical body, but now we get to be in the mission and go around the world. And so I think that the greater works are not greater signs and wonders, and instead of 5,000, we're going to feed 10,000. I believe that Jesus was saying, you're going to see more salvation than you saw walking with me. And I think that's come to pass, and, and it's still coming to pass. Yeah, okay, because do a lot of churches take that that means like since jesus raised the dead that we can they raise do the dead then? yes they do okay all right we got to go you I hear the music that hey refresh is a, an hour away join us today here at calvary church go to calvaryora.org slash refresh we're going to be here then we have our weekend services this week can't wait to see you god bless you guys stay safe have a great weekend in jesus christ passion worships here gotta be here You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.